Hello everyone, it's Fahed from C3 Panel. This is a podcast about graphic novels and comic books. And today I'm continuing with my series of interviews with creators. My guest today is Maddie Hope. She is an illustrator animator currently based in London. Her work predominantly focuses on character design, bold colours and drawing. She has a playful, quirky style and enjoys working in a variety of styles from hand-drawn to digital. For the last year, she has been freelancing with various design studios, creating illustrations and animations for brands such as Headspace, Netflix, Venus Gillette, Coinbase, Camden, Camden Hells, Ann Summers and the V&A Museum. First of all, Maddie, uh, thank you for agreeing to come on and speak to me. No worries. They're great to be here. Uh, how are you doing? You okay? I'm good. Um, I'm freelancing at the moment with Sage, um, which is an accounting software. So it's not the most exciting project at the moment, but um, yeah, all good here. You? I am. I am doing well. Reason why I'm interviewing comic book artists and animators is I'm interested in how creative people go around doing their job. And so my first question, clearly is what does uh, an animator do? I guess you just make illustrations move, whether it's drawing every frame painstakingly by hand or on your tablet, or whether it's moving keyframes and after effects. It's just kind of creating movement within pictures, I suppose. How did you start down the route of wanting to become an animator? Because I'm interested in how different creatives choose the field they've gone on to work in. Why do comic book uh, writers want to write comic books? Why do comic book artists uh, draw comics? Why do animators want to animate? Where did that journey start for you? Well, I studied illustration at the University of Brighton. And I think, to be honest, I kind of, towards the end of my third year, I was like, I want to make money out of this. And I'm worried that just illustration alone won't do that. And then we had some like little workshops and we had one in animation. I thought I'll learn to animate and then I can get maybe more money and get more work doing animation I've always had really like a real interest in it it's always it always looked impossible to me I never understood how people did it so it's always a fascination so I turned my whole focus to that was determined to make that my job that's quite interesting one of my previous guests John Peter Muir he pretty much had a a similar journey he he's a South African illustrator animator and what he would ideally like to do is just do illustrations but in order to pay the bills he has to do animation as well for Mm. for commercial clients it's like really highly in demand at the moment apparently what was it about that kind of particular segment while he's kind of learning animation that made you believe or this is something that I go in and do was it the, the work itself or was it something about the way that it was that was taught I guess I think it was like mainly the animators that I got shown initially. One of the first animators that made me go wow was, um, I don't know if you heard of Jonathan Hodgson. No, I haven't, no. He's quite old school, does everything frame by frame, like loads of texture, just really beautiful. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with animators because obviously I know this is mainly based about comics. I'm not familiar with animators at all, which is kind of (laughs) another reason why I've decided to do interview years because I think they're kind of sort of related fields, but not really. So I'm just trying to see where the, the intersection is. Mm. as well I mean like I suppose it kind of intersects in the way of um, like I love cartoons I've always loved cartoons obviously just grown up watching Spongebob Simpsons Adventure Time all of that I've, I've always loved cartoons and animation kind of, this is kind of a very general question but what is what is your process in terms of when you get a brief and then going out trying to create something out of it do you do you start off with a script or is it more like a, a general premise or idea how does that generally tend tend to work 
I always start with like a sketchbook. I'll just start scribbling something. It'll be can be really basic. You literally start as almost stick men, and then I keep adding to it basically until it becomes better. And then making it digital, using Illustrator, making things into vectors, making it all clean, and then gradually building up from there. But sometimes with a brief, I'll literally just be given like a couple of words. For instance, um, yeah, because I'm doing some freelance work for Sage at the moment. They'll give me like a really bland financial term. And I'll have to be like, you have to turn that into an illustration. So I suppose I do a lot of, I do some research first, just like look around for some inspiration and then just start sketching and then picking which sketch is good enough to kind of try and develop really. One of the things that I got from talking to John was sometimes you're hired as a freelancer to kind of bring some creativity into the message that the company's trying to put forward has there been any times where you've had an idea they've considered too wild Hmm. I mean I am still very much at the beginning of my career I'd say so I've been doing a lot of cleanup work which is cleaning up other animators animations making them smooth and color I've done like some freelance illustration work but most recently I did some work for Anne Summers and to be honest like I was surprised they picked me because I mean if you've seen my work it's quite cutesy I'd say probably so if anything they they were more like draw loads of dildos do this and I was like oh okay um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really I don't think I've had I don't think I've had that yet but hoping to soon how did you come to develop that style because you know kind of as you mentioned in, in your bio there's a lot of bold colors like the geometry in your character designs to be seem to be kind of like lots of clear lines you can kind of see that the clear geometry of it is very unfussy and kind of hits you in the face straight away so how did you go about developing that style um I think I was just re- I'm really influenced by like the animators that I really love you haven't heard of them but you should look into them there's Caitlin McCarthy Anna Ginsberg Parallel Teeth they're actually ones of the same. I've done a lot of work. I've worked with them directly. That's kind of helped, I suppose, influence me because I've seen the way they work. And I think like, oh, I'll try work in that way and use a certain like same brushes maybe they use. Yeah, so I'm quite easily influenced, I suppose, by others' work. And I just love, I do love comics as well, to be fair. Like I love like humour in my work. I love Peanuts. It's my favourite. Did you, did you get a chance to go to the Peanuts exhibition? I did. I oh, God, it's a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I loved it. It's fascinating, wasn't it? Kind of seeing how you know, he, Charles Schultz's like creative journey in terms of how like, the style of the characters changed yeah. over the time. Over time, and I think for me, the most touching piece in the exhibition was the the, the letters from like children and parents as well. So I think that was that was quite kind of quite touching. Yeah, it's just so well. iconic and the style is so brilliant. Yeah, no, it was so good. I I loved that. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant exhibition. I I need to start going to exhibitions yeah, again. Definitely. Now everything's opened up. Um w- w- I've I've spoken to a few people in in this uh series now. One of the reasons that some of them haven't gone into animation is that they get quite frustrated with kind of drawing the same thing over and over again, especially if they're doing hand hand drawn illustration is that something that you encounter in terms of when you're doing your animation are you quite happy go through the process of trying to get the the animation going smoothly I mean that is I'm I'm actually a really impatient person which is ironic because you have to be so patient and it is a really long slow frustrating and painful process actually but um I think what gets me through I just love the end result like it's just so satisfying to see it all 
going to especially if it's like a looped animation just watching it kind of flow I, for me it's kind of worth it for the end result no matter how painful the process is like you know you're hopefully gonna end up with something really beautiful to watch so that's what kind of helps me anyway for for those of my listeners who aren't aware of how long an animation takes typically to do so if we was talking i've seen you know, some of the stuff that you've got on your instagram they're less than 10 10 seconds long some of some of them how long would that something like that typically take you to kind of animate days really i'd say like probably like a i don't know like a three five second loop probably take depending on how much detail i go into if i add full color and everything probably like at least three four days and that's working fast (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you briefly mentioned about your process you you start off with with a sketchbook you did mention how you choose to animate kind of depends on the project but kind of digitally what what tools are are you using yeah generally yeah i use all the adobe stuff a lot so photoshop illustrator after effects are kind of my main go-tos really i have like done stuff by hand and scanned it all in but yeah generally i work digitally so yeah photoshop is my main go-to because you can add textures and add more like life to like illustrations and animations i think so i did i have done a little bit of animation myself i I used to volunteer at uh omnibus theater and they had a children's art club that did a stop motion animation they hadn't taken enough photos to make it smooth so i had to go into it wasn't it wasn't uh photoshop i had to use gimp to kind of like add extra extra frames to it and it was just kind of like yeah just it photo manipulation tools are, are quite powerful but it's it is also kind of quite time consuming mm. as well to make sure everything is smooth. Generally, in terms of like filmmaking, I'm, I'm also quite interested in the intersection between sound and the moving image. How do you how, how does that kind of work for you? Do you do you start off with an idea of the soundscape that you're going to be working with or does it does that kind of come? much later on honestly i haven't worked much with sound yet actually i mainly do kind of gifts without sound but i do really want to look more into sound but like a lot of animators i know they hire like a sound designer and i've been contacted by lots of sound designers like oh let me know if you're making a film or something and i'll do the sound designs it's never occurred to me too much to think about sound myself i've always kind of thought of outsourcing that actually just you're just going back to to your, your process really everyone i've spoken to has got like a different place where they work so some people work in a studio some people work in a coffee shop some people uh, one person i spoke to uh, takes his takes takes their ipad out into park and kind of scribbles on their ipad how do you kind of generally go about doing the do, doing your work do you have kind of like a set routine and that sort of stuff When I'm doing freelance work, I generally, like, I've got a little desk in my bedroom, um, which is where I've been working currently in throughout lockdown and everything. I used to have a, I'd worked full time and I used to work in a studio before that. Ideally, I'd love to get a studio space again to work in. But as I mainly work digitally, I don't need, like, a big setup, to be fair. So I can kind of work anywhere, but generally... I do seem to work in my room. I love taking a sketchbook or like my iPad to the park as well. I like scribbling elsewhere, like watching people and having a doodle. Really, <laughs> It's still really important to create things just because you enjoy creating stuff rather than to a brief. Do you still find time to do that? And kind of how, how important is that to you just to kind of maybe do like a weird doodle or a quick animation just to, you know, maybe flex those muscles that might not be being satisfied with with more commercial work yeah I definitely tr- I try and sketch every day it's been really hard with lockdown I think because my motivation just dropped 
so much to like draw create anything so I had to take a long break from it yeah generally I do try because like yeah drawing and making work it is like a muscle like if you don't do it often you will lose it and like you don't you're not as good I do try and just do like a stupid little sketch almost every day if I can like even if it's not very good even if it's just really quick or takes five seconds like I think it's really important to kind of just keep making something I was, I was having a look on, on your Instagram and I was just wondering if there would be any further adventures of Foggy <laughs> Boy Father. Um, are, are you going to be working on any any more of frogs. those? Or? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think frogs are great. I feel like frogs are really in there. I'm seeing them everywhere at the moment in artwork. And yes, definitely. I want to definitely continue making. I'd love to make a little film about that frog. I think he's great. Yes, yeah, more frog work coming soon for sure. Do the Froggy Boy and uh, Froggy Boy Son have a um, have names yet, or is that something that you, you're going to work on? I think I think I, think <laughs> I will develop them for sure, but yeah, not something they have yet. Not don't have any names or anything so far. Uh, so with uh, freelancers, usually most of the, most of the freelancers I've spoken to, they're working for multiple clients at the same time. So I was just wondering how. Uh, I don't know if that's the case case with you at the moment, but how do you how do you manage? your time to kind of make sure that you're meeting different briefs and um well with animation like um with illustration you kind of juggle a couple of jobs at the same time whereas with animation it's kind of like someone will hire you for like four weeks two months six months so because things take so much longer so at the moment it's kind of worked out quite well for me I've managed to kind of go seamlessly from one job into the other so I haven't had to juggle too much but when I've worked in studios for like animation companies you have to juggle everything at the same time and it is it is a struggle. I li- I like focusing on one thing at a time, ideally. Like with animation, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I've I, I certainly see it as a really collaborative art form. So I was just wondering, is that something that you enjoy about working as an animator, or you know, if it was within your kind of like power, would you all kind of like do it all by yourself? No, I really love the collaborative aspect of it. I mean, obviously during all this lockdown I did um I worked on the new Headspace series on Netflix I don't know if you've seen any of that yeah I got to work with some of my favorite animation directors like and it was all over zoom and there was like 20 of us all like over zoom because it's so much work and it was really nice like I really looked forward to those calls and like before this I've worked with Strange Beast Productions which is a studio based in London and I used to we before all lockdown everything we used to work in the studio together um which I really enjoyed so I think it is really like because I think if you're doing animation by yourself all the time you do just go a bit crazy because it just takes so long and it is a bit like you do have to be a bit crazy to do it to be honest um so I think it's really nice to be around like-minded people making like working towards the same goal like making something together for sure how does kind of how does that work do you in terms of you know working in 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 a team like that do you get kind of told what we need to do this sequence by this time and then does someone come and have a look at it and then you have to do revisions is that kind of yeah, the way that exactly it works? works yeah pretty much when you're working like that collaboratively how much of yourself are you kind of able to put in in into the animations is it because when you're working on a solo project you can kind of really put your mm. heart and soul into it but I imagine when you're working more collaboratively you need to to, to work to someone's more their uh, kind of someone yeah, else's vision exactly yeah because yeah directors have like I've worked under quite a few directors and they have a very particular way of how they want things to look so sometimes I'll do something like oh no you need to do this you need to change that brush oh that's too much and like you have to change things but you don't almost even see it yourself because they've got like this vision that's so particular of exactly what they want 
um like I've had to redo something for headspace I think like 20 times almost because apparently I just wasn't getting the lighting right on this this weird spine that's spinning in one of the episodes I had to like keep doing it until he was like saw it but I, I didn't see what he was looking for like it's funny people just have their own ideas of how exactly things should look in their heads I guess and it's just working with a director is kind of trying to get their vision out just like how they could I guess poses kind of having to study that that style guide and the series bibles and stuff like that and trying to get have you so I'm already coming out with my recommendations for what my listeners well what my guests should be listening to there's a really fantastic graphic novel called Pyongyang it's by Guy Delisle he's a French animator and it's about his time working in North Korea so he was kind of like an animation supervisor I think in North Korea there's there's a lot of uh well there's kind of big animation studios that do kind of a lot of the animating for kind of Western series. So he had to kind of spend a lot of time in Pyongyang and kind of like making, you know, correcting the, you know, the, the styles and kind of mistakes that the, the North Korean animators were work, uh, working on at the time. So whenever, whenever I f- think about uh, animators working under a studio system in my head, it's kind of like linked to like North Korea. So I'm sure it's not quite as bad as that, but um, <laughs> when you're working. Yeah. In, like obviously, uh, yeah. When it's for Netflix, Netflix like, like it's going to be very like particular because it's all very highbrow, but that sounds really interesting though. I have to check that out. You, you mentioned before some of your, your favorite cartoons growing up. So as, as a kid, what, which, which cartoons did you love watching? You um, yeah, like The Simpsons. Like, I love early Simpsons. What other cartoons as a kid? Um, I obviously like loved all the Disney stuff. Um, I mean, like I've never stopped watching cartoons now. Like so, like I love. I watch regularly. Watch like Adventure Time, Bob Burgers. Um, I recently watched Over the Garden Wall, which was really great. Yeah, I, I I'm really big fan of Bob's Burgers. The Simpsons is quite interesting how their animation style is changed over the years as the technology has changed there's something about the way the episodes are colored now in terms of i think there's something about the the digital coloring that seems it almost seems like too bright where you look at the the older episodes there's kind of like um not washed out but the the colors yeah i kind of as a rule like don't watch past like season 10 for me like i think it kind of stays good in that like early stage i don't know i'm a bit of a cartoon snob though i guess well there's nothing wrong with being snobbish about um which uh, that that would be actually a good question to ask my guest when did (laughs) which which series did they stop watching the simpsons at (laughs) because uh i think i've probably stopped watching it after maggie shot Mr. Burns, yeah, I think I probably really? stopped watching. Then it went downhill. Um, yeah, um, kind of more recently, what what animations, what what animators and what uh, comics and uh, animations have kind of been um, inspiring to you? I love. Um, like, it's not really a comic or a cartoon actually, but have you heard of Cuphead? Oh yes, a video yeah, it's bigger, and they're actually making it into a yeah. Netflix series actually soon. But I love the style of that, and that's been really influential on my work. I think that's really great. Um, have you heard of Lisa Hannah Walt? No, I've not. I'm I'm not familiar with the the, the, the animation. He's, he designed, did all the designs for um Bojack Horseman. So she's okay. like um and she's got quite a few of her own little comic books as well. Actually, she's really cool. She also made Two and Bertie. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah so of I that, really yeah. love like I find her work really inspiring as well. Just like I, everything's animals, so like I think that's great. And her colors are really nice. What else was it? Cartoons or comics? I mean, I'm going to ask you about what, which comic books, if if uh, you, you you read 
growing up as well. But yeah, if, if there's any um, other cartoons that that you watch at the moment or that you'd recommend our my, my listeners kind of checking out as well, that kind of out there that you you think people should. I be do watching. really recommend season one of Tuca and Bertie. I think like the animation in that is flawless and it's so like fun and like creative and it's not like and it's on that I think yeah season one is on Netflix and it's just like it feels really arty it's just not something you'd usually see on Netflix so it's really nice to watch um I really recommend Over the Garden Wall that's kind of got real influences of Disney in it which is just really nice I love things that kind of have that kind of old 1930s almost influence on them my brain's gone blank I do just end up re-watching like a lot of old Spongebob and Simpsons a lot well, I mean, that's kind of what I did a lot during lockdown. It was I just go on YouTube and watch clips of Avatar: yeah. Legend of the Ang, Avatar: Legend of Angs. Let me start trying to say that again: Avatar: Legend of Ang, The Wire, Star mm. Trek, and kind of like clips from Red Letter Media. I just watch those over yeah. and over again for like hours on YouTube, not doing anything productive at all uh, during the middle of lockdown. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, comic books. So, did you read many comic books while you while you were growing? I, mean, up? I always loved like the old Beanos. I've got some retro Beanos in my room. Um, my dog was called Nasha, so like I loved that a lot. Um, what else? I mean, I yeah, mainly Peanuts and Beano. Really, I suppose the main comics that I actually grew up um, reading. I've like I like graphic novels now, which I suppose is like the same thing. Um, I read like. The black hole, like a while ago. I've not, I've not heard of that. What's that? It's quite. That like, I think it, I don't know if it's quite a famous graphic novel. I thought it was, but um, I read that and that was amazing. It's about um, it's like virus that goes around and it's like I can't remember exactly because I did read it a couple of years ago, but I just remember like loving it. What was it about? Oh, it's Charles Burns. Oh yeah, I yeah, have I loved that. I thought that was yeah. like it was just a really powerful like way to get a story through. Like it was like shocking as well, and you turn the page and go, like, <gasps> like it was almost like a horror film in a book. I thought that was really great. What other comics do I like? I I actually bought a load of Adventure Time comics. Like I like I love them. They're, They're really, really good. good. Those ones they and really the back, good. They've got like loads of different styles of illustration as well, which I really always really liked as well. So yeah, I've got, I've got quite a lot of those. I think it must be quite interesting for who created Adventure Time. It was Ward? Pendleton, yeah, Pendleton Ward. How he's had to kind of step away from from it and kind of like give the reins over to other creators to kind of finish the story and take the story off in other direct, uh, other kind of like direction. I think that must be quite a scary thing to do. Yeah, really. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's funny because well, because I think he did the voice of Lumpy Space Princess as well. Yeah, one of my favorite characters, Um, (laughs) Lumpy Space Princess. Um, What what, have you been reading? Any kind of like interesting books recently? Do you read a lot, or is it do you more kind of like watch watch cartoons and things? Yeah, mainly like I do mainly watch cartoons. To be honest, like I like to have like kind of happy, chilled escapism which obviously is, there's lots of dark books, there's lots of dark shows. So I kind of do like, I like returning to my like, like childhood cartoons. Cause they like bring me comfort, I suppose. I would like to read more for sure though. I think the yeah. last book I read was probably In Cold Blood, which is quite dark actually by Yes. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I loved it though. I loved it. But dark. yeah, like I have to be in a right mental space to read like a book, I think. Actually, I'm reading The Jungle Book at the moment. Um, I forgot about that. I bought this like really beautifully illustrated version of it. So it's kind of got all these like pop outs. I, th- I don't think it's for children, but it's got all these pop outs yeah. and like cool stuff in it. So I'm reading the Jungle Book at the moment. 
the Dunkel book has been adapted so many times. It's really, it's kind of really interesting why it appeals to like so many different generations. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to talk about kind of long form, long form versus short form kind of animation. So do you have a preference for working on one as opposed to the other? I, I like just kind of I have like a lot of silly ideas in my head for like little gifts. I mean, if you go on my website, it's mainly just like an Instagram. It's mainly just silly gifts of frogs running or people dancing or something. But um, I've got loads of ideas for like films in my head that like I have kind of started, but then like freelance work will kind of take priority over that. But I do really want to make like short films. That's my goal because I'd love to get into like film festivals. There's one in Berlin that I really want to go to, which I can't remember the name of now. Yeah, I definitely want to go into more long form animation. It just takes a lot more work. Yeah, whenever you're doing, I suppose, which is filmmaking, kind of things around budget and getting the right collaborators on board, and it's just like, yeah, it is so it's so difficult. It's so difficult to kind of like get done, especially if you're you're working around trying to pay the bills as well and I suppose it must be different for for making animated short films because when I've spoken to uh, other filmmakers in the past they've they've always mentioned well yeah my mate's a sound recorder he's he's coming down on Saturday to kind of like do do me a favor and recording it for free and I've got a couple of jobbing actors that I'm uh, prepared to work for free I don't imagine that'd be the same thing with animators can you come up and do do a bit of cleanup on this i don't think it would would be quite a big ask I, th- I think it would be yeah i kind of expect to do it all myself actually i didn't even think it didn't even occur to me to get other people to help but that would be nice but yeah it is a big ask when it comes to animation for sure what does success look like for you ideally i'd like to have my own like production studio making like illustrations animations maybe short films or music videos like that sort of thing would be great or like my other ideal dream is like just to have my own like make my own kids tv show I'd love that. So either one, I'll be happy. Both great. I definitely want to continue, yeah, with animation and illustration. What are you sure. going to be doing next? Um, with kind of freelance, I don't know. Things can come in so last minute. Like literally, like someone will be like, "Oh, can you start this week? Can you start tomorrow?" So like, I've got a couple of things in the pipeline, but nothing else has been confirmed at the moment. I'm working with Sage until January, so like, I've actually got a bit of stability at the moment but I'm going to try to do my own personal projects on the side of that because I, I still have time and is there any hints that you can drop for what the you know projects your, your personal projects going to be I mean I've got a film idea which I've kind of started working on about a girl I kind of came up with it in lockdown of this girl who escapes into her t- she builds a terrarium and then she escapes into it and like lives in her terrarium you know those big plant bottle yeah. things um <laughs> if you didn't know what it was yeah like so i started working on that and i'm quite excited by that um and it's something i wanted to do in lockdown as well because i have a big terrarium and i thought i wish i was in there <laughs> so it's kind of autobiographical in a way but that's something in the pipeline that i'd really want to get done Ideally for the end of the year, but hopefully before the end of 2022, at least. Yeah. Is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have? I don't know, because I've never really, <laughs> I've never done a podcast before. So no, I don't think, I think, I feel like, no, I think you're good. Okay, great. Um, So this is my first time actually talking to an animator. So next time I do it, you, you're kind of like the, you know, the trial run. So next time I talk to an animator, I'll have a better idea of what I'm doing um as well Um, so uh yeah my last question to to you is basically where can my uh listeners find you on uh, the internet social media and all that good stuff well my instagram is at maddie hope draws m-a-d-d-y h-o-p-e draws 
And my website is maddiehope.co.uk if you want to check out the sort of weird stuff I do. Yeah, that's actually all right. One one more question: How so that when you look at uh, when I see a lot of animation work, there is more than perhaps any other art form that's, that that I've seen is kind of like there is like this portal to weirdness with with animation. Is that something that you've noticed as well? Yeah, because it's kind of the only platform where you can well, unless you've got a really high budget to make films, like it's just like kind of almost a simple way to just create things that can never happen in real life like real life can be quite boring and sad whereas you can just make bizarre things happen in cartoons like frogs actually i don't know frogs run might be they might do that's a really bad example but you can just make like the most crazy things happen i recently worked with sasha Beely, and her film was all about these dancing pubes it's called venus gillette and you can just like give pubes a voice and a dancing routine and um, it's just bizarre and that's what I love about it just like kind of creating a reality that's so much more exciting and different from our own and I think that's a fantastic point to end on so uh, thank you Maddie for taking the time to speak to me today for the, for our listeners please uh, follow us on social media at Seafood Panel I think it's Seafood Panel Podcast I should have probably had this memorised by now please rate and review the podcast wherever you, you're listening to it uh, on We've got a lot more of these interviews coming up and we're going to be starting doing reviews again soon as well. And please donate via the link in the episode description. Uh, Thank you, Maddie. Let's say bye to the listeners. Bye.